and welcome back, everybody, to the Toe Meets Other podcast. Uh, with week one being behind us, we're on to our week two predictions. So we made a lot of picks early last week, uh, 18 in total. And just for the record, Tommy and I are sitting at an even 500 on our predictions. Artem is made up to 61%, going 11 and 7. And Andrew is actually at 67%. With 12 of 18 picks being correct. So we'll see who can keep the hot streak going this week. So to start off, and these are in no particular order, we're going to be with Miss Mississippi State at Kansas State. So both these teams came off a win last week. Uh, both teams were pretty impressive, I would say. Kansas State struggled more with their competition. Obviously, they put up a lot of uh, rushing yards at the end of the game. Uh, Artem, you're more familiar with Kansas State. They're certainly closer to you. Who do you who do you have in this matchup? I get Mississippi State in this one. Um, they have a lot more talent coming back from their last season. They got their quarterback back. And Kansas State's usually a second half of the season type team. A lot of the times their coach brings in a lot of JUCOs, and they take a little bit of time to bring up to speed. So I got Mississippi State in this one. All right, Tommy, do you feel the same way? Well, um, since last week I went uh, 500 like you, I am going with a coin flip strategy this time to see if it actually does any better. Um, So with this one, I have to go with Mississippi State. That's what the coin says. Uh, So that's what we're doing. Wait, are you legit just flipping a coin right now? I mean, I'm having Google flip one for me, but yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I, I am really excited now to see where you co- end up at the end of this cat at the end of this week. All right, Andrew, are you about to ring a cowbell right now? Because I, I thought I heard it coming back. <laughs> no, it's it's still sitting on my mantle. I didn't grab it off, but I, I agree with everyone. I think Mississippi State's going to win this one. Nick Fitzgerald will be his first start after being suspended for the first game. But I just think the talent they have across the board is so much more than what Kansas State's going to have. And again, they're, Mississippi State was a dark horse team that I kind of picked early in the year, and I think they're going to get a win and just keep on running. All right, well, speaking of another team that you're a dark horse fan of, oh, and I'm sorry, uh, I'm also going to pick Mississippi State. <laughs> I almost forgot to make the pick. Um, I just think that they have more talent, especially on defense, and I think that if they can shut down uh, Kansas State's rushing game, it should be a pretty easy win for them. All right, moving on. Next up, Andrew I don't know why you're a fan of Northwestern, but you always have been. This week, Duke is going on the road to take on Northwestern. It's been, I guess, considered the nerd bowl uh, the past few years. Uh, I have a general guess of who you're probably picking in this matchup, but do you want to let us know, since you saw Duke last week, are you favoring the Blue Devils or the Wildcats? So, apparently this game's been played, I think, four years in a row, so it's becoming kind of a pseudo- you know, nerd bowl rivalry. I think Northwestern's going to win. Duke, though they beat Army, still just didn't really impress me with a lot of the talent they had. And their defense, 
excuse me, which I expected to be pretty good coming into the year, still kind of struggled a little bit. They forced turnovers, which made up for some of the, the high yardage amounts they made out. But I just think Northwestern's a better team. I think Thorson, having had a game to get settled in, coming off the injury, them developing the, the running back to replace Justin Jackson, I think they're going to be able to kind of take it to that Duke team. All right. I mean, they were certainly impressive against Purdue. Granted, Purdue gave up like three turnovers in a game that I missed the pick on. All right. Tommy, as my coin flip brother, who you got in this matchup? And the coin flip says... That means... Shoot, I just messed up my system. (laughs) Duke. Duke's going to win this one. All right, because the coin says so. Because the coin says so. All right. Artem, do you want to give us a more reasonable explanation? I got Northwestern in this one. I didn't believe in them against Purdue, so I'm going with Northwestern this time. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm taking Northwestern. They took a t- they faced down a tougher team in Purdue last week, and I think they've got the ability to gut it out. They really relied on their defense last week with getting some big turnovers, although I would say most of those were on uh, Purdue's quarterback rather than Northwestern's defense. But overall, I'd say they seemed more in control of the game throughout uh, than Army did. So, or sorry, than Duke did. I don't know why I keep calling Duke Army. All right, next up. So I actually kind of, this is the game that I hate to pick because it's uh, Georgia Tech, my team, Andrew's team, Tommy's team going on the road to USF. We're favored in this game by three points, which is always a terrifying prospect. Uh, Neither team looked great last week. Artem, I'm going to let you lead this off because uh, you're the one person that doesn't have a dog in this fight. Who you got in the matchup? I'm actually going to change the pick that I sent you. Uh, I'm going to pick USF in this one. I think you guys made a good point. You were making a lot of mistakes um, last week and didn't functional as well as you could have. I think USF struggled more because they have a new quarterback, and I'm, I didn't realize they, were, they had Blake Barnett, so I'm interested in seeing what the kid can do. He was a highly recruited guy coming out. Uh, and going to Alabama, but then transferred. So I'm going to go with USF on this one. Okay, fair enough. Tommy, which way does the coin lead you? Um, I'm actually going to give a little context to this one because I'm actually going to be at this game. Uh, pretty excited heading down to, to Florida to watch Georgia Tech play in my favorite stadium of all time with a pirate ship. Um, UCF, or USF is very lucky to play there. Um, I do uh, kind of agree uh, with Artem in the sense that Blake Barnett uh, really is the best possible uh, player they could have to replace Quentin Flowers. Uh, you know, a guy who experienced the Alabama way of doing things, been through camp there, knows how things work there. Um, definitely had a, a decently strong showing, you know, 305 yards uh, and three touchdowns on 34 attempts. Doesn't matter who you play, is a pretty good stat line. Um, and with Lance Austin leaving Georgia Tech uh, is pretty weak in the secondary, so uh, look for USF to pass the ball a lot. Um, they'll be uh, pretty aggressive there. The The biggest thing is I don't think South Florida has enough on defense to really uh, make up for 
the rushing attack that they're going to be facing. You know, uh, Taquan Marshall's coming back for Georgia Tech. Kervante Benson looks pretty strong. Uh, Jordan Mason had a pretty good showing in the beginning. You know, that the B-back play and the quarterback play really didn't concern me as much uh, in the first week as did some of the, the offensive line and A-backs play. Uh, so I think pounding up the middle, they'll have a good uh, chance at winning this. That being said, I don't really get to choose. So the coin says, Tails, Georgia Tech wins. Okay. Well, that was actually very detailed. Um, Andrew, you're the only person that I didn't actually get your response beforehand. Uh, you know, other than Tommy, of course, with the coin. Who who do you have in this matchup? So, Georgia Tech's win on Saturday was probably the least impressive forty-one to nothing win I think I've ever seen. Going back and watching the tape, we struggled mightily in the offensive line. Guys just busting assignments, not able to get hats. And you shouldn't struggle that much against a team like Alcorn that you really should be that much more athletic than. You should be that much stronger than. You should be able to kind of come out and establish and dominate. And the Georgia Tech offense really didn't do that in the first half. A lot of our big plays were more individual efforts and just pure athleticism that I don't think really going to work against a team like South Florida that's a step up in competition. You know, Strong's done a pretty good job down there. Brian Jean-Marie, their defensive coordinator, has some experience, spent some time at Georgia Tech as the linebackers coach. The one saving grace is that Florida, South Florida really struggled against the run. Against Elon, they gave up 192 yards on the ground. So it'll be interesting to see it, what they can kind of adjust to deal with that. They did throw for 367 yards, and you didn't see a lot of pressure in the backfield against Alcorn, which is really not a great thing to see again when you're a team that should be that much more talented. I, I think South Florida's going to win it. I think it'll be a low-scoring game just because I don't – you know, I think that the defense will end up being – better than we expect them to be for both teams. So I think it'll be a low-scoring type game, but I think South Florida ends up winning it. Okay, fair. I am also picking South Florida. Really, this is just kind of hedging my bets. So either I'll get the pick right or Georgia Tech will win. One way or another, I will find a way to be happy with myself. All right, next up, uh, Clemson at Texas A&M. So I guess many people would argue that this is the game of the week. Uh, these are going to be two really big teams in their conference. Clemson is actually favored by 12. And I guess this has to be because people really expect their defense to shut down Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M looked really impressive. Granted, it was against an FCS team. They put up 500 yards on the ground last week. I'll go ahead and get my pick out of the way. Um... I think that Texas A&M will impress uh, a lot of people on offense, and they will end up winning this game because they are in the SEC. And uh, after week one, I, I can't help but not give in to the cult of the SEC. All hail the SEC. All right, Andrew, who you got in this matchup? I think Clemson wins it. The 12-point spread is kind of scary. I think it'll be closer than that. Clemson's biggest fear is you kind of hope Kelly Bryant comes out and can 
get stuff done because if he really struggles, you're you're going to get the screaming and the yelling to go to Trevor Lawrence. So I think I think Clemson is going to win because that that Clemson defense is just so talented, especially in the front four and the front seven. That yeah, they they ran for 500 yards against an FCS program, but this defense is so much any of those FCS type programs. I mean, it's it's arguably the most talented defense in the country, not named Alabama. But again, I think it will be a close game. And honestly, this this is easily my pick. I think for game of the week. But again, I think I think Clemson wins it. But I think it's close and it's a dogfight. All right, Tommy, what what does the magical coin tell you? Yeah, so I, I definitely think uh, Andrew's right in this as the biggest game uh, of the week. Uh, Texas A and M uh, for everything that we praise Clemson for. They've got some of that, maybe to a lesser extent. I mean, Clemson's greatest strength is their D-line. I don't think anybody can really question that. But Texas A&M has a pretty strong front four uh, that they can run. uh, They can definitely penetrate into the backfield and do things. So uh, if uh, Brian doesn't start out strong, um, I could see them starting to capitalize on that and really have a shot at this. also, if Texas A&M were to pull off this level of upset, you know, they, they have Alabama in a couple weeks as well. So, I mean, they have a, a real good shot at building a resume that's just like, hey, you know, I don't care if we finish with two losses at the end of the season, we beat Clemson and Alabama. is a pretty hard statement to uh, call against. That being said, the coin has picked the away team four times in a row. Number five, it goes with the away team again. It must have known it was Clemson. Uh, so there's my pick. All right, Artem, you staying with you? Do I really have to ask? Who do you got in this matchup? Uh, I get the Aggies in this one. I think the percentages are against them, but there's some things that are um, they're definitely uncertain. So you guys hit on a lot of them. Clemson definitely has on record the best defensive line, but we have – really good depth on the, the D-line as well. And in their game against Furman, their offensive line struggled a little bit. Bryant wasn't as accurate as I think they wanted him to be, which is why neither quarterback was really solidified because Trevor Lawrence can't really read coverages as well yet. Um, good thing for Clemson is they, on one hand, they were happy that Elko left to Notre Dame. On the other hand, now they have to play Elko again. Apparently that was according to, to Dabo, his most hated defensive coordinator to play against, so he was happy when he left. But now they got to play him again back-to-back years because Elko came to A&M, and um, after a stunt at Wake Forest and Notre Dame, they get to see him again. So I think uh, I think it'll be an interesting game. I think there's a lot of stuff going for this. There's a lot of hype around the game. I think a lot of the questions for us were answered last week um, that would have kind of been nudging into this game. We're getting two linebackers back that we didn't have. Last week, we got a linebacker and a safety ejected really early in the game in the first quarter. So they're both back this week for targeting. Um, and considering we only gave up seven points with those two guys out, it's pretty impressive that, that the 2D was that good. Also, there's a 90% chance of rain. So any sort of chaos, I think, goes in our favor. We're at home. So I'm, I'm going to go with A&M on this one. I think the percentages are against us, but I think there's a lot of other factors in play here. And I think Jimbo's played Clemson close. They're 4-4 four and four against each other, Jimbo and Dabo, and I think Jimbo will make it 5-4. and four. 
in his favor. All right. Well, it'll be, certainly be a matchup to see. Next up on the list, another uh, matchup to see for a totally different reason. A curiosity matchup in Kentucky going on the road to UF. So Kentucky has lost this matchup, I believe, 32 years in a row. Personally, I'm picking Kentucky because I just want to see the streak end. Really no logic behind it whatsoever. Artem, who do you got in this matchup? I don't think we've seen enough out of either team. I know Kentucky did look bad, but we don't know about enough about Florida. But I'm going to go ahead and go on Florida on this one. All right. Just <laughs> they've kept the streak alive long enough? They got the streak cred. They got a good coach. Last year was Kentucky's year to upset them. I, I don't think it's going to happen this year. All right, Tommy, who's the coin telling you? Well, while we were muting, I just uh, flipped the coin on that website 20 more times, and they were all tails, so I think I just got gagged. Uh, So (laughs) (laughs) switching to a new site, uh, the coin's going with the home team this time, so I may be getting gagged in the other way, but Florida wins it. Okay. I'm like, sensing a theme here. All right. Uh, Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? I think it's Florida. Okay. I'm not even going to ask for an explanation. I think that's pretty straightforward. Dan Mullen. <laughs> I'm all aboard the Dan Mullen train. Okay. On a one that hopefully needs a little more explanation than that, next on the list is Iowa State versus on the road at Iowa. So, uh, as has become known as El Asico over the years, it was actually a surprisingly close game last year, and uh, always a lot of excitement going into this one. So, Andrew, uh, you've actually been keeping a big, pretty good eye on this matchup the past few years. Who do you have in this matchup? Well, it's Iowa State's first game. They didn't play week one. Iowa beat Northern Illinois pretty handily, actually. Um, I think Iowa wins it. We're due for a Kirk Ferentz, like, 10-win season that he pulls out of his ass. You know, Kirk Ferentz goes 8 wins, 8 wins, 11 wins, 8 wins, 8 wins, 11 wins. And I think this may be the season where we get that 11 and he gets another extension because he will end up dying on the sideline of an Iowa game. <laughs> and then they will reanimate his head in a jar and put it on a robot, and he will continue to coach Iowa football. No, they'll put it on a corn cob. That's how that works. <laughs> or maybe like a tractor. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, fair enough. So Andrew's got Iowa. Tommy, This is the coin just flipping heads now? Uh, it's not. I'm going with Google's now. Um, so it, I did vet this one. Um so the coin actually goes with Iowa State. Uh, you know, that being said, Iowa, this is, or Iowa State, this is a team that beat Oklahoma last year in Norman for the first time in, like, I can't remember, like 34 years or 30 years. Something pretty close to that uh, Kentucky stat that we just had. Uh, so they do tend to recently, over the past five or so years, Pull off a big upset. Uh, this might be a little too early in the season for them to pull out, but the coin says otherwise. So Iowa State. I'm really hoping this becomes a recurring gag with you. But uh, all right, Artem. So I'm kind of cheating here. You actually picked Iowa State ahead of the time. Uh, what do you actually see in this Iowa State team? I think Matt Campbell's the difference here. I think Iowa runs 
kind of the power football. They get the power football mentality. So Iowa State has a decent idea of what, what that looks like. But if you look at what they did last season, coming off a 3-9 and 2016 season, they made it an 8-5 and season, and they made games look exciting. Um, I think they beat Texas. They beat a couple of their conference foes that haven't been in a long time. So I think Matt Campbell continues that tradition. I think he's going to get eight or nine wins. Uh, if you look at his career record, he spent a little bit over four years at Toledo, and he averaged over eight wins in that time per season, making numerous bowl games with them. So I think uh, I think he keeps continuing improving Iowa State, um, and we're going to see him build on some of that excitement from last season. I think they're going to beat Iowa. Okay, fair enough. I'm actually siding with Iowa in this matchup, and it really has more to do with something that Andrew pointed out early on. Iowa State did not play a game last week. Iowa has had a chance to go up against a real team, even if it was not a, you know, a not per, a particularly impressive NIU team this year. Although maybe Artem feels otherwise. I I think that Iowa's got a slight edge in this matchup, uh, talent-wise and experience-wise, starting off the season and. So I, I do think they will take this game. Next up, uh, Colorado at Nebraska. So this is another interesting one. I guess you could make an argument that these are two teams on the rebound from last year or at least hoping to rebound from last year. Um, I will go ahead and let you all know I'm taking Nebraska because I met a Nebraska fan in uh, Charlotte. He... Reminded me a lot of Georgia Tech fans in that he was so self-depreciating, so I cannot help but sympathize with him. So I'm going to take Nebraska in this matchup. Artem, I'm going to hand it back to you. I know you're taking Colorado. What's what's your rationale behind taking the buffs? I think Nebraska hasn't knocked off the rust from last season. You know, Frost is a new coach there. They're going to have a new system. They had some weird shit happen to them in the offseason where their quarterbacks weren't showing up to practice or talking smack. so And Colorado looked strong last week. That was the other part of it. Um, I think they looked really strong against Colorado State, even though Colorado State's going to end up potentially not making a bowl game this season. They look good on, on both sides of the ball. So I think Nebraska, since their game against Akron got canceled last week, they didn't get a chance to knock their rust off. I think they're going to come into this game with a lot of rust, and I think Colorado's looking to build on what they did last week. I think uh, – I think it'll be a two-touchdown victory, 14 points. Oh, wow. Oh, bold pick. All righty. Tommy, now I'm really curious what your system is. So is Nebraska heads or Colorado heads? Um, my system is a home team is heads. Ah, okay. So we're looking at Colorado on the road to Nebraska. Who wins this one? Well, don't keep us in suspense. Who wins? It's Quinn oh. Yeah, I guess my phone or headphones disconnected. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's Nebraska wins home team. Okay. Tommy, you're just the king of uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> All right, Andrew, who we got? So this is actually an old Big 8 rivalry. Um, that carried into the Big 12 when it was first founded. Nebraska and Colorado have played each other 69 times. <laughs> Nebraska leads that 49-18 to 18 with two ties. Um, 
between 1962 and 2010, Nebraska went 48 and one against Colorado. So, guess you can technically call it a rivalry, but it's fairly one-sided. <laughs> you know, Nebraska's game last week was canceled due to tornadoes and thunder and rain and all that fun stuff. So we didn't get a chance to see Adrian Martinez, a freshman quarterback, and Scott Frost offense. You know, it's it's a three and a half point favorite for Nebraska. I think they come out and win it. And Scott Frost's first home game is the favorite son back to the Cornhuskers where he won a national title. They come out, they play before him. Martinez is a really good fit in the offense he wants to run, you know, kind of like Mackenzie Milton was at Central Florida. And Nebraska's able to score just enough to kind of keep that hot seat in Colorado still going. All right. Fair enough. I mean... I, I do not like you dissing their rivalry because I know how our rivalry has gone as of late. All right. Anyway, next up. So I'm just going to say it because I, I don't think any of us, unless maybe Tommy pulls some miracle with his coin flipping technology, uh, UJ at South Carolina. So none of us is picking South Carolina, right? Uh, I'm picking UGA. Andrew, who you got? I really hate to pick Georgia, but I just don't – I don't really see a way for South Carolina to win this game. Okay, Artem, who you got? I got Georgia and an over-under of two flip-outs by most champ on the sidelines. <laughs> that's, that's probably fair. All right, Tommy, do you want to surprise us? What does your technology say? Coin flip well with the road team, so I got to pick Georgia. Okay. Well, that the coin sounds biased. The coin. It sounds like the coin is making some pretty smart decisions overall. I would say. I mean, to be fair, it is Google, so it's probably like recording me and has some AI and knows what we're talking about and is tailoring it. So we could just call it Google Flips or Google Picks instead of Coin Flips. But (laughs) I was kind of thinking like maybe he's just flipping his phone, and if it lands face up, he's it works. Uh. Next up, Arizona going on the road at Houston. So we all talked about how Khalil Tate kind of fell flat on his face, maybe trying to do a bit too much with his feet last week. This is a game where Arizona probably needs to win. Otherwise, someone's right back on the hot seat like he was last year. Um, Personally, too little with his feet. But, yeah, personally, I got uh, Arizona. Uh, Again, there's not a lot of logic. Just this is a game they have to win. And I really expect them to do that. Tommy, I'll start off with you. Who does the coin have in this matchup? Coin has the home team, Houston beats Arizona. Oh, wow. So, Artem, I know you you and the coin seem to have something in common as far as your picks. I got Houston in this one. Arizona looked bad last week. And Ed Oliver needs to put his balls on the table and finally play a Power 5, excuse me, is he a Power 5 conference? Uh, he's been playing group of five for most of his career, so we'll see what kind of NFL draft pick he is pretty soon. Uh, okay, Tommy, where do you stand? <laughs> Sorry, Andrew, where do you stand on this? Uh, I'm going to kind of side with Artem on this one. I think Houston's going to win it. You know, it is a big chance for Ed Oliver to really showcase himself. And your question is kind of what Artem touched on earlier is, 
how much do you really think that they're going to try to change the offense from one week to the next? You know, if they didn't learn from their mistakes with Menzel and A&M, are they really going to learn from them now? I am shocked that I am the only one picking Arizona. But all right, so be it. All right, next up, the second match of the week. We got USC at Stanford. So I feel like, based on what everybody said, they're all riding the Stanford train. I'm going with my gut. I'm picking USC. I'm allowed to do that and be an idiot. Uh, Andrew, I have a sneaking suspicion, given who you're picking to win the Pac-12, who you're going to be picking in this game. So do you want to let us in on your little uh, secret, quote-unquote? Yeah, I think Stanford wins it. The question is going to be is can they get the running game going with Bryce Love? San Diego State did a really good job of shutting him down, but Stanford kind of showed, okay, we're going to shut down what we want to do. We're just going to throw it over the top to our Sega Whiteside, who's been at Stanford for at least a decade. As well as the Stanford defense did a much better job against San Diego State than the SC defense giving up 308 yards on the ground to UNLV. Okay. So really, you're just curious uh, when they get off the ground more so than if and how, I guess, suppose. So, Artem, you're picking Stanford as well. What's your rationale behind picking the trees? I'm, I'm pretty much on board with everything Andrew said. I think Stanford, for the first time in a while since probably Andrew Luck left, is a team that can throw to beat you and a team that can run between the tackles to beat you. I think USC has way too much to replace after losing their quarterback from last year. I do think that if we were fair and we lived in a fair world, this would have been a college game day game, but we all know ESPN tries to make money, so they uh, picked an unranked team versus Clemson no matter what the upset says or whatever potential for the upset oh is. Oh, my um, God. They're, they're trying to develop a, a storyline for next year because we play them in back-to-back years. But I do think these are two ranked teams in conference play. It's a big game to start out. Uh, I got Sanford in this one. I think the real reason they didn't do that is because this game is on Fox, I'm pretty sure. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. Well, but, I mean, they did it with the Notre Dame-Michigan game, and that game was on NBC. Well, yeah, that was on NBC because NBC, they didn't have a choice in the match. Ah, whatever. All right, Tommy, give me, what's the coin say? Yeah, so this one's going to be really interesting because, like Andrew said, USC gave up 308 rush yards uh, last week against UNLV. Uh, But Bryce Love was 18 carries for 29 yards last week, which is kind of confusing considering he was, you know, the Heisman hopeful last year, you know, stud running back. So um, Stanford as a whole only gained 50 yards total rushing. So it'll be interesting to see a poor rushing attack against a poor rush defense. Um, That being said, both teams are pretty pass happy. Um, And USC actually, you know, for giving up all the rush yards, they did a pretty good job uh, stopping the pass uh, last week. So, be definitely an interesting matchup to see what strategy the teams come out with and whether they go balanced or unbalanced. Both coaches kind of don't really like to have a tendency one way or the other. They like to change it up. Uh, that being said, the coin has gone with the home team again. Uh, so in this case, Stanford's going to win. As much as it hurts me. 
All right, fair enough. Well, to, to start, so I wanted to give it to Tommy first, but since he went and stole my topic from the week one recap, I'm going to go ahead and get my personal pick out there. I'm going to take Hawaii over Rice. I think Cole McDonald has proven that he's a really great quarterback. I mean, if he was playing for anyone other than Hawaii, his stats would have already put him in the Heisman talk, but uh, we all know how that'll turn out. I do think that Hawaii's got a really good uh, team this year, and I think that I'm looking forward to seeing what bowl they'll end up in, and hopefully somewhere other than Hawaii. That would be nice to see. So I've got Hawaii over Rice this week. And now, Tommy, your game is Arizona State uh, is taking the Michigan State Spartans at home. Uh, normally, I would kind of have an idea of who you're picking in this matchup, but since it's down to the coin, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so Pac-12 After Dark is back. 10.45 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Number 15, Michigan State. Traveling on the road to Arizona State. Look for uh, lots of fun shenanigans. Uh, should be a great matchup. You know, Michigan State struggled with Utah State uh, last week. Uh, Arizona State had no problem with uh, San Antonio uh, last week. So it uh, should be a good matchup to watch. Uh, definitely really interesting to look for is that both teams have pretty stud rush defenses and pretty porous pass defenses. Uh, so if you look at it, even though Arizona State only gave up seven points, they gave up 200 yards through the air. Uh, Michigan State gave up 300 yards through the air. Uh, so look for lots of passing. Also on the, the rush side, uh, even for all their struggles, uh, Utah State only had 25 yards on the ground. Uh, Arizona State's defense only allowed two. Uh, so look for a lot of slinging. Uh, definitely... Both teams kind of fit into that West Coast mold uh, the way they're starting the season out, even though Michigan State's Big Ten. Um, Coin actually agreed with me. I wasn't going to listen to it if it didn't anyway. Uh, I'm picking Arizona State with this one. Ooh, the fight in Herm Edwards. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this now. All right, next up on the list, Artem. So... Artem, I just want to read off all the picks you sent me. Because as as you are wont to do, you have this tendency of picking like five or six personal picks. This week, you have picked Kansas over Central Michigan, which isn't unreasonable. OU over UCLA, which is actually makes probably the most sense out of any of the personal picks. Nevada over Vandy, which I could go either way, really. And Tulsa over Texas. So, do you want to give me the rundown on why you picked those games? Uh, oh my gosh, where do I start? So, OU over UCLA is an obvious one. Um, OU kind of dominated that matchup. I think it'll be a lot closer than what people think, um, considering how OU played last week and considering how UCLA played last week. But I think OU is going to win this one pretty handily. Um, Kansas, I called it Kansas upsetting Central Michigan because Central Michigan actually has the odds in this one, surprisingly, because they're at home. And it's surprising because they're Central Michigan and Kansas is in the Big 12, which is an actual conference. Or is it? We don't know. I never really determined that last season. (laughs) So I think Kansas, a lot of people are calling for uh, David Beatty's 
head right now, even though he's signed through like 2021 or something crazy. So I think he needs a win, and this one he is a must-have for him to have two wins this season. Okay. I think Nevada upsetting Vandy is another one that I picked. Uh, calling it an upset again because Vandy's been underperforming last couple of years. They lost their linebacker two years ago, Cunningham, and honestly, they haven't been able to stop the rush as well. Um, every season, they do something stupid like call out Alabama right before the matchup and then get destroyed without putting up a single point. So I think I think they're due for an upset against a team like Nevada. Nevada, if you look at how they scored last week, they had a couple of big plays that were over 50, 60, I think a 75-yard pass. But they also had a couple of long drives against the team they played. So I think... Vandy's lacking a little bit of their their usual defense, defensive talent that they've had last couple of years that their coach has been building there, uh, and I think they're just due for this upset. Uh, Tulsa over Texas is an unofficial one, but I do think that this one can happen and is more likely than a lot of people think. I think Texas is going to go into this one def- deflated. I think they're going to go into this one thinking about USC next week. They already said that their starting quarterback is Ellinger, who threw several interceptions in the fourth quarter last week and pretty much cost them the game. After Maryland keep giving them the ball back, they were like, here you go, please come back. They gave them, I think, three or four separate drives, which all three ended up in uh, consecutive turnovers. So I I think they're going to start with Ellinger in this one. Ellinger is not going to look good, even against Tulsa. Uh, Their offensive line, I think, is a big question. Um, There was a lot of uh, pressure that Maryland was causing last week, so I think I think Tulsa has a chance. So I'm going to go ahead and go with this one actually. So Tex- Tulsa over Texas, and I think it'll start part of the uh, the end of the Tom Herman era, even short that it has been. All right, and just and this is why we run percentages because if we just ran who won the most, Artem would win anyway because he would just keep picking games all day. All right. Andrew, you're the last one, and you're the only one who didn't send me your personal pick, so I'm curious to see who, what matchup are you looking at this week? Um, the other 7.30 evening game that I'm going to be watching is the Virginia Cavaliers traveling to Bloomington, Indiana to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Ooh. And I think that's an interesting and exciting game because – I think this is the first year that Mendenhall at Virginia has really had the talent and the players on offense to run what he wants to run and to run what he ran at Purdue, or not at Purdue, at BYU with Taysom Hill. The other side of it is Virginia came out and absolutely wrecked shop on Richmond in the first game, and that's a game that Virginia in the past has struggled. You know, that's one of those where – Usually they come out, they struggle, they've lost to Richmond in the past, but this year they came out, they established themselves. Bryce Perkins threw for 180 yards, ran for 110 yards, and I think it's really the fit for what Mendenhall wants to do offensively. And I think going into Bloomington and knocking off a Big Ten team will really kind of help solidify that maybe Mendenhall was the right hire and he can try to start to build something at Virginia. All right. Well, I will mark you down for that one. And, Tommy, it seems like you've got a special announcement for us. 
Yeah, so I wanted to try something out uh, this week. Uh, it's probably not the best week to do it because of what it is, but I wanted to talk about the most unreal or the biggest spread of the week uh, and see what you guys think. Can they cover? The largest spread of the week is none other than uh, Logan's Alabama Crimson Tide uh, versus the Arkansas State Red Wolves is 36.5 points. So there's my question. The largest spread of the week, do they cover? Artem? That spread is nowhere near large enough. Holy crap. This spread should be how many players are going to get hurt on the Arkansas State sideline. I'm going to go with they can't cover, and it's going to be a lot worse than 37 points. All right, Andrew? I don't think they cover. I think Arkansas State's a pretty good team. I don't think they challenge Alabama. I don't think the game's ever in question. But 30-something is a big spread, and, and Arkansas State does have some talent and some decent players. All right, Logan. So I just want to be clear because uh, I know we've had some confusion on gambling in the past. Covering means the team that's supposed to win scores more points. Is that correct? Well, if you pick a team to cover, then that means if you pick Arkansas State to cover, that means they will lose by less. If you pick Alabama to cover, they will win by more than that spread. Oh, okay, okay. So it, either way, it's covering. Um, either way, yes. Hmm. I will say that Alabama covers in this situation. Normally, I would I would normally tend to Arkansas State, but sending how seeing how they handled the Louisville situation in Game One, and how Saban's had this tendency to really show off as of late. I'm not sure if it's Saban or just the offensive coordinators in general, but given that tendency, I would say that yeah, Alabama is going to cover in this scenario. Alrighty, and I will also say that Alabama is going to cover in this scenario. Um, I think Arkansas State is a pretty good team, but uh, Alabama just, they don't let up. Um, And after what they did to Louisville, I think this could get ugly real quick. Uh, But anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there and uh, try that out this season and see what you guys think. All right, fair enough. Well, with that, that brings it into our week two predictions. So... Thank you, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. You can shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com and check us out on Twitter at TMLpodcast. And thanks, as always, to you guys for coming in and uh, listening off your picks. And have a good rest of your week. Good night, everybody.